Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Good morning, Brian. How are good you? We are good. After uh, <laughs> after a few Skype uh, foibles, we're back on the air and ready to rock and roll. Yes, we are. The uh, point of failure remains Skype. Hopefully somebody will come along and make something better than this someday. I know. I was hoping FaceTime uh, HD audio was going to be our savior, but that's just as bad. Yes, it is. Uh, go Apple. <laughs> oh, well, what are you going to do? Obviously, these things are not made by Germans. <laughs> we'll get to the Germans in a minute. Um, <laughs> so I put something in our show notes that I proposed to you uh, to kind of like unburden you a little bit and myself, actually. I was about to say, it's not just me. No, yes, it's me too. <laughs> but but I know you and I know you're a little bit verklempt nowadays. So uh, I've been, I've been kept a little busy. Yeah, I've, it's definitely been uh, uh, I'm busier than I have been in the last few years for sure. <laughs> Sitting around sipping your tea all day, working right. on your your lazy musician websites. <laughs> so when we when we usually wrap the show on Fridays, yes, almost immediately we open up the new doc and start adding stuff to it, and. Unfortunately, by the time the next show rolls around, half that stuff is stale and dead. So I'm thinking, ah, how about we just like, let's take a vacation. After we do the show, let's take a vacation and relax a bit and then pick back up on Tuesday. Wait, you mean like actually have a weekend? Have a weekend. I know. You Isn't that silly? Do the thing that we keep talking about on this podcast about actually having downtime because it's super important. Yeah, let's try the do as we say, not as we do kind of thing for once. <laughs> that sounds good to me, man. I'm totally up for that. Excellent. Because, yeah, I think uh, I think the show will be a little bit better because then we can relax. Because having this on our shoulders all the time kind of was starting to get to me a bit. I'm like, oh, my God. I, every time I see an article, I'm like, I got to put it in the show notes. I got to put it in the show notes. And then, like I said, by the time it rolls around, it's stale and been talked about to death. So we end up dumping it. I, I agree completely. I mean, there's only so many more times I can spend my Saturday night on my couch when I'm supposed to be watching something relaxing or interesting. And instead, I'm looking up Uber stories. Like watching The Notebook with your lady? Oh, God, that thing's always on. It really <laughs> I, is. Yeah, it's, I still haven't insane. seen it. I, I, I am, since I am single, I have, I have dodged The Notebook bullet. <laughs> it's actually not too bad of a movie, and that girl is pretty cute, but... That is I, not. I, oh, you, you have been subsumed by subsumed by this movie because that's not what you have ever said ever. You're like the <laughs> fucking notebooks on. I can't believe it. I hate this movie. Look, you gotta you gotta find the pleasures where you can, and uh, I don't mind staring at the the petite young actress. So okay, okay. <laughs> uh, yes, find the make the lemonade out of the the cute little lemons. That's She's right, <laughs> and she she has lovely little lemons. Okay, maybe I should, maybe I'll have to check this out <laughs> next week in Media Candy. The next notebook. Week, the notebook. <laughs> does it have legs? No. Okay. No, it does not. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So I did three podcasts yesterday, and this one today. I am. I you. You are Mister Podcast now. I'm. I do what I can, and all with that, with a full day of work. <laughs> yeah. It's just like ugh. I started yeah. at six in the morning. I think we wrapped at midnight last night. You know, I mean, that's one of the things that, that I'm always saying. All this technology and all this all this stuff that we do to kind of move forward that's supposed to be saving us time. And we're all working a hell of a lot harder than we ever used to and longer. Well, the fun thing about podcasting is I don't I don't count that as work. I actually count that as relaxation. Like this is my, this is the highlight of my week right here. So you got to get out more, man. Well, I got like 18 feet of snow outside. That's why I'm like, I put me on any podcast. I'm not going anywhere. 
<laughs> okay, there is that. So speaking of working too much, I found yes. I found something that I thought would be very close to your heart. And since it is talking about working and productivity, I figured we should put it in the follow-up. And it's an article called Why Germans Work Few Hours But Produce More, A Study in Culture. Yes, I, I love this article. You 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 know, you definitely nailed this for me and uh, and you're right and I immediately reposted this on my Facebook as well because it, it is true. And uh it's a great article. It's really interesting. Um it's uh, I you know, I'm German American. I was born here. I'm not I'm not from Germany. I wasn't born in Germany, but uh, I was certainly raised in a German culture. Uh my parents were that way. And, uh, I, this is, this is how I would like to work. This is how I wish offices were. This is why I quit corporate culture 20 years ago and basically have worked for myself because I can create this environment around me. Um, and basically the, my transition into working a semi-corporate job in the last, uh, two months or so has been slowly driving me mad because all of these things that that the Germans do not do in this article is occurring in my office. Um, I, when I, I go into the office roughly, I don't know, two days a week maybe, and as soon as I get there, I am itching to leave because I cannot do any work there because it's all just talky, talky, talky. Look at this. Look at this link. Oh, did you see what? Did you hear about? Blah, 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 blah. I'm just like, I can't work here. I, I'm dying to go home just so I can get my work done. It sounds like you work at BuzzFeed. Everybody's passing around links talking about kittens or whatever. I think that's every office now. I really do. I mean, I I talk to people that uh, do corporate, you know, do the corporate thing all the time. And, and that's what their days are like. It's, you know, it's all of a sudden they look around, it's 5 p.m. and they haven't done anything yet. <laughs> yeah, I think the I think the real thing that uh, I really liked about this article, what, it mm -hmm. was basically saying Germans don't fuck around at work. They go oh. in, they do their job. There is no no Facebook. There is yeah. no no Twitter. <laughs> and they sit down, they're serious about their work. They get to the point, like, let's get this done so we can go home. Yeah. I, yeah. Mean, I think that's really the, the thing. It's like, if you make work too comfortable and don't take, you know, a serious focus and pride in what you're doing, then then you do. You get scattered and never get anything done. Honestly, yeah. I Facebook is just screwing up everything no matter what. But I think nowadays it's it's gotten so ingrained in the culture. If somebody sees you on Facebook, they're thinking, "Oh, you're taking a break." You know, or whatever. It doesn't really it doesn't really register with people that no, you're actually fucking off and costing the company money right now. So get yeah. back to work. No, I, I, you know, that drives me kind of insane sometimes because uh, my job is to be online. So I am on Facebook. That's part of my job. But I can always tell when my friends are having a slow day at work because I'm getting deluged with messages and they're sending me links and, you know, talking about what we're going to do later after work. And I'm just like slowly pulling out my hair going, leave me alone so I can get my work done so then I can see you later. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's all I want. I want to power through the day, get it done as quickly as possible, and then have a separate life outside of that. And that's that's my favorite part of this article. Germans have a life outside work. Germans work hard and then they play hard. The working day is focused on doing work. And then the off hours are truly off hours. And the German government is currently considering a ban on work-related emails after 6 p.m. because workday's done. I don't uh, want to yeah. get a work email after. We're done. <laughs> God, wouldn't that be amazing? Oh, my God. Wouldn't that be just genius. be amazing? I mean, the problem for us is we work in the internet, which is a 24-7 medium. Yes, it is. But again, it's if, if you go through the statistics of, of even social media posts and things like that, 
the value for them if they're done after hours is less than they are during hours. And really, who gives a shit if some band tweets at at nine? Why do I have to tweet at nine p.m. on a Sunday? Why? Who cares? Well, yeah, that that's a different thing from what I was thinking of. Is that we both used to run our own servers. I still yeah. run my own server, but I don't have any clients on it. But I have my day job servers that I am responsible for, which means that if something goes wrong, they have to be able to reach me. I just can't turn my phone off at six. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, there's 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 emergency use, and that's that's an emergency case. Server goes down. All right, fine. But do we have to post a press release at eleven p.m.? No, we do not. Well, that's the thing. Once they know that you are reachable, they will reach out for the, the anything. You know, it's yeah. like, oh, well, I know I can get to them. So, uh, yeah, can you just uh, change the font size on this article for a little bit? Uh, it'll only take <laughs> you a minute. And you know it's going to take an hour because you got to boot up. you got to get in. you got to get your whole shabille going. And then by the time you're done, they're like, oh, that doesn't look right. Can we try this? Can we try that? You know, that's how it goes. Yeah, I, I know. And I, I've been fighting the battle against that for a very long time. And it, it's you just really have to put your foot down with clients and just say, well, you know, uh, I can't. I just I, I'm not working now. I'm off. I will get to this, whatever. But this has been a battle that I fought basically since I entered the workforce. I mean, I remember the the job that you and I met at, at that particular place, you would, you would quit already. You were gone. Um, we, and it got considerably more corporate after you left. Cause when we started, it was kind of a ragtag little organization that was just doing fun stuff. Um, but I remember being passed up for promotions because the, it was felt that I wasn't working hard. And I looked at the amount of projects that I had versus say the amount of projects that the person that got the promotion had. I was doing five times the work, but the thing is I was coming in at 9 a.m., headphones on, slamming through it all, and I was done by two or three, and then I was like, oh, I'm just going to go home. But that does not fly in the American corporate system. That makes you look bad. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, honestly, when we started at, at Voxtop, it was a scrappy little startup, but then you were there after they got bought out by IXL, which was a big corporation. Yes. So you yes. definitely got kind of got, you know, <laughs> dragged into that kicking and screaming. Well, and that, you know, that that definitely is yeah, that experience is one of the reasons that I just said to hell with it and to hell with corporate culture and went off to start my own thing <laughs> thinking it would be a lot easier. <laughs> Silly me. Yeah. Work is work is work no matter where you're at. Yes it is. So I, w I want to do a little follow up on my t-shirt cannon drone snatcher idea. <laughs> I just I ran across this a thing called uh, the rapery. I think it's I, it's R A P E R E. I don't know how yeah, you would pronounce I, I, that. I don't know who was on the committee that decided to name this, but I wouldn't go for anything that's close to rape. Yeah, it's it's the raper e. <laughs> Why don't you just call it the e raper or the i raper? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's a drone that will actually go out and disable other drones. Yeah. It's not it's not on the market yet, but it's interesting. They they basically take a regular drone or their drone, overclock it, so it's only got like two minutes of flight time. But it's super fast. It goes after them, hovers over it, and then drops a piece of string on the on the props. They call it they call it a tangle cord, but yeah, basically they drop string on it. They should use silly string, so you know there's no evidence when it's done. Yeah, this is a, it's funny. I mean, my favorite part of this is the, the whole FAQ section down at the bottom. Um, is it legal? That mm -hmm. depends on how you plan to use it and where you live. Yeah, okay, they exactly. obviously don't have anybody legal on, on this team because this page would be full with words that basically say no. <laughs> uh, you know, how will you stop people abusing this? We don't know yet. <laughs> 
yeah, we this have is great. Yeah, we have no idea, but it is what it is. Uh, you can buy one, maybe. Yep. We'll we'll figure it out. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. There's no way this could possibly be legal, but awesome. <laughs> yeah, was, honestly, you are you are going after somebody's personal property and very likely destroying it in the process. Yeah. Good so, times. See, with mine, you can do the t-shirt cannon with the net and a parachute, so it will gently bring it back to Earth where it can be recovered. This one just turns off the motors, and it, it just falls from the sky. And you I know that's not going to end well. I don't know well. why you haven't kickstarted this yet, Jason. Because I... You, uh, you could be rolling in the dough right now, and you'd actually never have to even make it, just like most people on Kickstarter. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I'm just going to come up with a card game. Okay. <laughs> So you've got some uh, follow-up on the Pono. I, I do have a little follow-up on the Pono. Honestly, I never thought we would be talking about uh, Neil Young's uh, Toblerone-looking high-quality music-playing device ever again after we basically ripped it a new a-hole almost a year ago now. Uh, uh, but apparently that, the rest of the world has discovered it because it's been talked about a lot in the media recently about how it's stupid. On the Toblerone <laughs> note, in the review that David Pogue does... Mm-hmm. It does not look like a Toblerone anymore. It's it looks like a really poorly designed Microsoft iPod knockoff. It's yeah, it's it a does. rectangle now. Yes. Well, at least they figured out that they should probably just uh, be able to stick it in your pocket. But uh, the story basically all over is that this is a dumb device and nobody's going to use it. And I just want to say, you know, grumpy old geeks called this about a year ago. Yeah. The instant it came out, we called it. And I love you go watch the the video on the David Pogue did where he has people come in and do a B testing on it. And yeah. most of the people pick the iPhone is sounding better. Well, again, <laughs> you know? we, we did the a B testing with title, the high quality streaming service. And and, you know, half unless it was very specific types of music that use very specific frequencies that are super high and super low. Forget it. You can't tell the difference. And we're all deaf from 20 years of earbuds in headphones. Yes, that's true. Actually, that reminds me. There was an interesting story that I did not get into the show notes because I was technically taking my downtime when I saw it cross the deck. But somebody did, uh, and I should, we'll find this and try to get this in the notes. Someone did testing of the actual sound levels from the very first iPhone all the way to the six. And they've basically been increasing with every release. So our phones are even getting louder to counteract the fact that we're getting deafer. Oh, that's nuts. Remember when they've started to build in the, uh, like the max levels on yeah. the on the iPods because yep. you'd put in a track and it would blow your eardrums out because you were at max volume and yeah. they they built in a limiter and I haven't seen that since you know probably what seven or eight years because it was uh, it was in the iPod they, they, they still have an option for that it's it's they don't call it a limiter anymore I can't they sound matching or something like that so it tries to keep uh, all the different tracks in it it's a compressor basically okay because yeah there's two of them there's one that tries to keep all of the songs at the same level, but that doesn't yeah. limit the volume. Right. There's no volume limiter. I bet, you know, I'll, I'll dick around with my phone. I was wrong about the Shazam thing, so I could be wrong about this too. <laughs> you could be. Yeah. Uh, I also did want to follow up too, because I was blown away by the fact that, uh, I mean, this is the other big thing that you just can't get away from in the news. And I, I posted a couple of days ago. I mean, it's bad enough. We don't have jetpacks and flying cars yet, but I can't believe that we're still debating vaccination. But did you watch the Penn and Teller, the one minute and 30 second clip that basically destroys the entire anti-vaccination argument? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And as soon as I saw the first two seconds, I realized I had seen it before because I have seen all of the episodes of bullshit many 
many times. I just right. forgot about that that particular one, and it does sum it up in in beautiful. Uh, just the the only way that Penn and Teller can do it. It's just like yeah. there is no way to argue with that. It it it's the numbers, but well, they do it visually. There is Jason and, because uh, that that was done over five years ago, and here we are still arguing about it. <laughs> um, and well, some people are just terminally fucking stupid. Well, and if it was only putting themselves at risk and at danger, I'd be fine with that. The problem is there's this thing called the greater good and society at large. You fuckheads. Yeah. Once you hit the was it the five percent unvaccinated or anything over 5% that aren't vaccinated, then you really run the risk of an epidemic because there's some people that can't be vaccinated because they have, you know, conditions or cancer or they're too young. They haven't, they haven't reached the age of vaccination yet. And you bring around this shit and it's like when you don't have to, it's, you know what, I'm pretty sure our audience is on our side. So I don't think we have to get into the nitty gritty about that. I, I agree. But, uh, you know, just uh, I just I always just think about the fact that measles was basically eradicated. And hey, it's back now. Awesome. Thanks, yeah. guys. Yeah. Thanks, you Prius driving fucking Whole food shopping assholes. Yeah. Jenny McCarthy, go die in a fire. Yes. <laughs> so I've got a Mac tip this week. OK. I ran into this issue. I was I was talking to my buddy Jordan, who was running into some memory issues on his MacBook Pro and he was running less stuff than I am. And I'm like, well, mine, mine cooks. So I just, I started to do some, some deep digging. And then I, in my Mac, I noticed that there was a process called sec D that was, okay. it was gobbling up about like 5.6 gig of Ram. Wow, and that's, that's quite a bit. It, well, it's ridiculous. It's huge. And it was doing that on my air, which only has four gig of Ram, which means it was, it was, you know, digging into swap and doing all this shit to the, for no reason. And I looked it up. SecD is one of the demons that runs for the iCloud keychain access Ugh. sharing. iCloud so, is just a clusterfuck. Yeah, the basically this this demon uh, has a a memory leak. So all I did was I went in, I turned off keychain sharing in my iCloud uh, settings, mm-hmm. rebooted, and it's never come back. So it has to do with the the keychain sharing. And, and that process should not be, you know, in the anywhere near the gigabyte range. It should be in the, you know, the megabyte range. And I haven't had a problem since. And, you know, my air's running a little snappier now, which is nice. And, yeah, if I need to to sync my keychains, then I'll just turn it on, then turn it back off. But don't leave it running all the time. And you'll notice that your RAM is much happier. <laughs> <laughs> I will have to take a look at that. So that is my Mac tip of the week. I think that's been my first Mac tip ever. But. Yeah, you know, it's surprising how little you actually talk about this, considering how deeply you get into it on a daily basis. Well, because every time I say Apple, you rip me a new one. You're like, fanboy, fanboy. <laughs> like, well, I use a damn thing. I should be able to, you know, drop some knowledge every now and again. Hey, if you can't handle the truth, Jason, it's fine. Comment of the week. Our first comment of the week comes from Quibble on iTunes, who gave us a five-star rating and a review. Thank you very much, Quibble. It is titled, Bucket Full of Win. Well made and interesting, Jason and Brian describe the latest tech news and rate all the things geek currently making a buzz. I don't know if that's a real sentence, but we'll put it together somehow. Uh, Finally, a tech podcast for adults. Woot! And I appreciate the use of the word woot. Me too. Thank you. Thank you very much, Quibble. Thanks, Quibble. That's awesome. Uh, we also got a comment on Twitter from Rico uh, at 
the underscore Wampster, which is kind of a fun name. That's cool. Okay, uh, good name. GOG yeah. podcast. Your Uber high earner has been found with a link to Forbes. Love the show, gents. Uh, the link is very funny. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed it. And it's not, yeah, sure. This guy is making over uh, a quarter of a million dollars a year, but he's doing it by turning his Uber car into a showroom for his jewelry. So, I know. It's awesome. That is the way to hack the system, my friend. That is definitely hacking the system, but uh, it does kind of bring up a lot of the other things that we always talk about, which is, okay, he's driving a car. He's also selling jewelry. He's also driving for Lyft. I mean, this dude is always working. Ah, uh, but uh, guess what? He, now he's hired drivers to go out and be his showroom. So now he's got <laughs> six cars with six different drivers and he's paying it back to the, you know, the underemployed Filipino community. Good for him. Mm -hmm. And now he's only driving. He says he tries to stay in the trenches and drive at least eight hours a week. So he's put his time in and now he's kind of backed off and has become, you know, the, the landlord. You get right. to drive my cars and give me your money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a good job, man. This guy's this guy's pretty smart. So hack the system. Yeah, yeah. If, if hey man, if that's how you got to do it, that's how you got to do it. What I found interesting in the article was Uber is completely okay with this. Yeah, I think that that is a result of how bad their PR has been for the last oh two years running. I don't think that they would have been okay with this, uh, say eight six months ago. But uh, they've got to play cool now. But since you do have the driver ratings. You know, mm -hmm. that if if people are still, you know, pimping their stuff and still maintaining like, you know, a four, eight, four, nine, five point oh rating, then where's the where's the harm? Where's the foul? I don't see I, it. I 100 percent guarantee you that the legal department over at Uber was really trying to figure out a way to get a cut of this guy's profits because it's done on their time. It's done on their time, but it's not done on their property. If he if he was driving an Uber car, I yeah. can see them staking a claim for it. But if he's just putting his stuff in his car and people want to buy it, there is no legal standing for that, that they can oh. in any way, shape or form. And, as, and, and especially as long as he, he gives them that bottle of water when they get in the car. Bob's your uncle. In the news. In a rather stunning turn of events, the FCC did something good again. What? <laughs> yeah, I, all this talk about net neutrality and the FCC actually came out in front of it uh, and for it and are helping protect us a little bit by uh, making it, what did they call it? The Title II resolution, Title II of the Communications Act, which is basically reclassified broadband as a utility and is basically telling carriers that they cannot throttle websites or apps or data services as long as they're legal. So net neutrality for the win, FCC for the win. Thank you. Yeah, it's about goddamn time these guys grew a pair. I'm, yeah, exactly. I'm really happy with this. And at this point, it still has to go through, you know, Congress, Senate, all that crap, who they can, you know, dig their claws into it. And yeah. you know the utilities are going to fight it. Not utilities. They're, they're not utilities yet, but they will be with any, with be. any hope. The, the cable providers and the net providers. So, yeah, it was a, it's a great day for the Internet. Everybody, you know, was jubilations and everything. There was confetti from all my <laughs> nerds. Everybody was happy about it. And the fact that they rolled in mobile as well into this was, mm -hmm. was, a, was a shocker. Yeah. That's a big win. That's a lot of foresight. And that's very, very, very important. So thank you, FCC. One of the only times you're going to hear us say that. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping this is a new era for the FCC, that they're actually, you know, taking a stand because they've always been 
And, you know, they've been the lapdog of the cable companies for so long now. We just expect them not to do anything correctly. And yeah. I think, honestly, I think John Oliver has a huge amount to do with this because they cited the, the you know, three million comments they got, which mm -hmm. was, you know, mostly from his outreach on his show. Yeah. Which, by the yeah. way, starts up again on Sunday. I'm very excited about that. I have missed his show. It is must-see TV for me. It is. And also, Better Call Saul starts this this Sunday. Yeah, we'll see about that one. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping it's good. <laughs> and The Walking Dead is back. Okay. All right. We're uh, not in the media segment yet. I know, but I, I, I'm excited. I'm excited. <laughs> well, at least you can, you know, use your downtime properly that we're taking from the show. Yes, yes. Um, uh, this is a bit of follow-up because we talked about the robot, the rise of the robot journalists coming. Mm -hmm. And uh, The Verge reported this week that uh, the AP has actually implemented it about six months ago. Huh. Yeah, they're doing about 3,000 stories a quarter. And they say that number is going to grow. Right. Well, that's interesting. And nobody's really noticed, I guess. I don't think so. I mean, here's what they're doing. Well, they're doing the reality it with things is like the state of news is so damn bad. Nobody's going to notice anyways. My only question is, uh, you know, is the robot journalist going to lie about being in a helicopter like Brian Williams did? I don't know about that one, but uh, you can tell me about that in a sec. Uh, what what they're doing is they're taking data driven articles like earnings reports. That's the one they keep citing is earnings right. reports that get an article. We don't need people to write those because it's the same crap. It's formulaic. Let's punch in the numbers run it through a thesaurus algorithm so we have different words and <laughs> poof there's your article you know why waste human power on that which you know i agree with like let's spend the money on journalists doing real journalism instead of sitting there writing crap articles that nobody cares about anyway ah uh, but there's the problem jason that's not a problem that no, is that is an is opportunity because then the, the that's that's a great theory but the reality is the organizations do not spend that saved money on real journalism they just fire someone now here's an interesting thing speaking of journalism buzzfeed mm -hmm. buzzfeed news what the hell is going on over there uh, again, we, we this is the world that we have created for ourselves. Uh, the most credible journalistic sources in the country are TMZ and BuzzFeed. Yeah, we're going to get to a BuzzFeed story in a second. But yeah, I, I was just like my mind, mind blown, mind blown that I'm reading BuzzFeed quote unquote news and getting news out of it. Well written news. What the, the, the uh, cats and dogs sleeping together? I don't know. Well, again, I mean, you you obviously didn't this this came out yesterday and you probably aren't aware of it. But because uh, I just mentioned Brian Williams and you seem to not understand. But <laughs> I was doing I podcasts mean, all day yesterday. I didn't have a chance to see the news. <laughs> Brian Williams is the anchor. He is Mr. News. He is he is, you know, our stalwart of news. This the 630 evening news. Brian Williams, the host. He is, you know, beyond reproach. He's he he's the every man. He's the every man's Anderson Cooper. Yeah. And, and, you know, he just he blatantly lied about a story in Iraq and you can't trust anyone now. So, OK, BuzzFeed, fine. I don't care where I get news from as long as it's it's well researched and well written and well, you know, well done. Great. Awesome. And don't lie to me. That's all I ask for. OK, yeah, I'll have to read <laughs> up on the Brian Williams thing. I always liked him. So now I'm, I'm sad. Yeah, I'm sad too because I was I'm a fan as well. I mean, I, I don't watch his show regularly, but he always, you know, he has that he's that look. He's got America's most trusted anchor. Like I said, he's the straight Anderson Cooper. 
Yeah. So I posted an article about, uh, and this, I knew this was going to kind of bite me in the ass because it opened up the door for you to put in all your Uber articles. So <laughs> here it is. The sharing economy is a lie. Uber, Ayn Rand, and the truth about tech libertarians. Now this comes from Salon and the fact that I found it before you, I was stunned because you're, you're like, you sit there and refresh Salon all day long, <laughs> but, um, so yes, this is an article that, uh, I'm just going to let you go. Go. Uh, um, free reign. Uh, everybody should read this article. It, it is the best, well, most well-written version of this that, that I've seen. Uh, it basically encapsulates in a nutshell exactly how I feel about the sharing economy and what's really happening. Um, it pulls no punches. It is uh, straight up the truth. And uh, I, I, I'm not even going to try to describe it. I, this, this article rests my case. So thank you, Richard Escal. Okay. Yes. Just, just go from what the, what the actual title says and read on. Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody liked Ayn, Ayn Rand. Everybody read that in college and it was like, great. But, uh, there's, there's also the reality of how the world works. And, um, this is just, it's not good. And the only, the sharing economy is not helping people. It is overworking them. It is overtaxing them. It is driving them crazy. They're working longer and harder for less money. And the people that are making money out of this are the people that own these companies. And that's it. There is no trickle down. There is no Reaganomics. There is no nothing. We are all getting screwed. Read this article <laughs> if you disagree and uh, you're wrong. I also think we need to come up with new terms for these because the sharing economy, when, mm -hmm. when you know, applied to things like Uber, doesn't fit because it's not, that's not a sharing ecosystem. That's a sharecropping ecosystem. Yeah, Uber, I agree. Uber but, uh, owns the land and you get to drive on it. You know, when you talk more about the sharing economy, I think more of things like uh, Kickstarter, where you are sharing to build something that isn't owned by a conglomerate. I mean, there, there's a lot of this stuff that we've just started to, you know, narrow down our vocabulary to a point where it's not making sense when we when we use these throwaway terms. Well, and it's, it's, it's funny you should mention that because the article that I found uh, immediately after you put that one in uh, – Basically, he talks about that. This is uh, an article by Robert Reich, who is the former Secretary of Labor. Uh, the sharing economy is hurtling us backwards, and it's a good short uh, look into this as well. But he argues that uh, the euphemism is the share economy. A more accurate term would be the share the scraps economy. Hmm. Okay. So he agrees with you there. And this is a, also a great, nice, well-written article that basically says we are going to hell in a handbasket and uh, basically – Bye-bye uh, middle class, and we're going to have the extremely rich and the extremely poor that are working 24 hours a day to barely get by at best. Then comes Revolution and Demolition <laughs> Man and Taco Bell, the rise of Taco Bell. <laughs> it was an interesting article, though, because he talks about uh, Amazon's Mechanical Turk system, which I had never even heard of and terrifies me. You've never heard of Mechanical Turk? No. Oh, my God. Where have you been? <laughs> well, I've been trying to actually get paid market value for my work instead of doing it for next to nothing. Well, you do listen to Planet Money, right? Yes. Uh, I think there was a, just a recent episode on Planet Money where they interview uh, Turkers who mm -hmm. who are sitting at home making extra money doing the you know the tasks for a few cents. But this has been around for almost a decade. 
Yeah, it's uh, somehow completely passed me by, but it, it scares me. I mean, this is, I've been running around, you know, I've got my, my pet issues. I, I run around and talk about how the bandwidth uh, costs are going to kill us when they get rid of all free, you know, unlimited bandwidth and how we've all moved to streaming and how this is just going to, we're going to get so screwed and blah, blah, blah. That's one of my pet issues. The other one is we are hurtling towards the, you know, the, the fabled Star Trek economy. This is what all the, you know, all the San Francisco tech heads, it's their dream. It's the, we're not going to have to work. We're going to have, everything's going to be automated. Everything's going to be done with an app, blah, blah, blah. The problem is um, we haven't done the same thing on the supply side, which is, you know, uh, uh, my mortgage company, they they still want money. When I go to the grocery store, they want me to pay for that stuff. And well, I'm looking we, farther down the supply chain because an app is not going to go and grow your ass a potato. No, exactly. You so got to go in the field and we plant haven't that gotten shit. To, you know, we don't have the food generators that they have in Star Trek and things like that. We are getting rid of the jobs. We are getting rid of the money, and everybody's going to be screwed. Fun times, fun times. Good times. But, you know, you can always be a mechanical Turk while you're driving your Uber, selling your jewelry. Then you go home and, and you're sharing your house with an Airbnb. And this is how we're all supposed to get by. This sounds like a fucking nightmare to me. Yeah, it's, it is, you know, about 10 steps backwards from where we where we should be headed. <laughs> exactly. We're all supposed it. to be making more money and working less. That was the techno dream. Somehow it's become the exact opposite. Fuck it. We're moving to Germany. Okay. <laughs> okay, so... Continue on your uberness, your holy, right, well, your holy I mean, uberness. The, I don't have any stories of how Uber is completely and utterly horrible this week. I mean, the the thing that came out this week was basically uh, Google and Uber whipped out their penises to see which one was bigger and gotten a bit of a spat. Google announced that it's launching its an Uber arrival, sort of. Stop! The, stop right there! Stop yes. right there! Google did not announce anything. A quote unquote insider said that they were working <laughs> on a ride sharing app, which was. Actually, just a way for people who work at Google to get a, to get a ride. It was yeah. their, it's their ride sharing app for carpooling inside of Google. So basically, somebody got a hold of this and ran with it, and it was completely wrong, completely wrong. And then it just kind of escalated from there, because as we know about the next story, continue. <laughs> the next story being Uber wants to replace its drivers with robots. Yes, so they did a deal with Carnegie Mellon, and here's the great thing about this deal. Everybody thought that, oh my God, Carnegie Mellon, you know, hub of robotics in America, some of the smartest people, and, yep. it's, and it's in Pittsburgh, which is surprising. They, they did this deal with them. Now, here's the deal with the deal, okay? Mm-hmm. They, they basically invested, quote unquote, several hundred thousand dollars into a robotics research lab that will help develop a fleet of autonomous taxis. A several hundred thousand dollars is less than Yo got, okay? How much can they do with several hundred thousand dollars? Uh, I agree with that completely, but you have to admit that that is the end game that Uber is shooting for. And I mean, Google as well, obviously we're good. Look, I, I'm thrilled with the idea of, of robotic cars. I, I love the self-driving car because every time I go anywhere now, I'm almost T-boned by a Prius, whether I'm walking or driving, because uh, anybody that buys a Prius no longer knows how to drive. So great. Let's get to some robot cars. Sure, this is just in its infancy, and they're just taking a first step forward, and they're not putting a ton of money into it. But the end game for Uber, what better way to combat the mistreating driver issues that they have than just get rid of them completely? This is where it is heading, and it will get there. And again, it goes into the entire economics articles that we just talked about, which is we are phasing out the jobs everywhere. 
And getting mm -hmm. back to the point, one of the <laughs> biggest investors in Uber mm -hmm. is Google. Yeah. So as soon as Google gets their cars done, Uber is going to be getting Google cars. Yeah. No, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. No. Yeah. You I, know what? Uber, I, I, Uber will eventually be part of Google. Google will just buy them outright at some point. Or Uber will buy Google. Depends on, depends around, on how yes. it goes because ad revenue is, is trending downward recently. <laughs> so it'll be an interesting thing. And in 20 years, because that's how long it's going to take for these cars to actually get on the road and be reliable. They still I don't know have. If it's they have. Take that long, but uh, I, I definitely ten. I'll give you ten. Yeah, ten at least. I, that was my original estimate, but everything keeps getting pushed because um, they, you know, Google cars still have a lot of problems, especially in city traffic. Highway, they're they're spot on golden, but yeah. when you get into things like intersections and people with dogs, cars, kids running into the road, yeah. they still get confused and they don't know what to do, and they will kill somebody. You know. So I think they should just make a fleet that goes out and hunts and destroys Priuses. Ooh, I am, I am so in on that Kickstarter. That you get all of my <laughs> monies, all of my <laughs> monies. Excellent. <laughs> now to stick with the transportation theme mm -hmm. and the news theme and the BuzzFeed theme, <laughs> I ran across this article on BuzzFeed News called "Transportation Department Releases Tech-Focused 30-Year Report." Yep. It's all crumbling bridges, flight delays, and gridlock traffic. Unless we get deeper ports, driverless cars, automated airplanes, oh, and Uber, Uber everywhere. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this was written by Matt Honan, who mm -hmm. used to be at Wired, who was famous for getting hacked and you know having all his pictures and stuff stolen. <laughs> and I was like, wait, wait, wait! You work at BuzzFeed? People are leaving Wired to work for BuzzFeed. He is now the BuzzFeed San Francisco News Bureau Chief. And I was just like, jaw, drop, floor, thud. I was like, well, what the let's hell? be honest. Wired's been on a downhill trajectory for a long time. They still have some good people over there and they still come up with some really great, well researched articles. But in general, Wired has been kind of meh. Well, I think I think the problem is they're part of Condé Nast now, and if you look at what Condé Nast is doing to things like Reddit and their, you know, please don't yeah. leave your toys at home type of thing, why would <laughs> yes. anybody want to work for Wired anymore? You know, Wired Wired may now be tired again, and it'll come back. Who knows? It but, probably will. Uh, but this is a good I, I article. Like this article, it's yeah. really interesting. It, uh, again, it's I. Uh, the very start of the article is basically discussing uh, another one of my pet peeves, which is our the basically non-existent, totally crumbling and falling apart infrastructure in this country. Um, we need a new deal again. Uh, the first president that comes in and says, we are going to just blow a ton of our uh, budget and hire a bunch of people to rebuild our bridges and our roads and our all those systems that gets my vote instantly. OK, uh, isn't that exactly what Obama did when he came into office and spent a shit ton of money, hired a bunch of people and we fixed a lot of roads, we fixed a lot of bridges, yep. but we seem to have slowed down a bit. Uh, it, it should have it needed to keep going. It, it, we didn't do enough. We need more, more, more. It's every time you read a newspaper or a report locally, it's a you know local bridge is in severe state of disrepair. Uh, streets in LA are ridiculously horrible. There's potholes everywhere. It's unbelievable how bad our infrastructure is. So yeah, Obama started it, and uh, it it was a great program, and it did really well, and it hired a ton of people, and it got the economy going, and it really rebuilt areas. But uh, we need a hell of a lot more. Yeah, we need to keep it going. I can just tell you from when I took my train trip across the country last year, mm -hmm. it, I mean, it looked like I was going through the depression because everything yep. was falling apart. And I'm just amazed that you have potholes in LA and you don't even have snow. Here we've got potholes and they <laughs> fix them immediately because, 
you know, you have to because you'll kill somebody in the snow with it. But yeah, L.A. has no excuse for potholes at all. They got uh, potheads. Sure. You can it's have all the potheads you want. For, <laughs> yeah, it's got a great excuse for potholes. It's uh, we got idiots in charge. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Now let's let's keep on with the uh, let's keep on with the transportation theme for a little bit. Mm-hmm. The NTSB came out this week and say selfies caused the fatal Colorado plane crash a little little while ago. Yeah, so, boy. Yeah, these guys. Uh, well, they weren't rated to fly when they were flying, or the guy, the the pilot. Uh, I can't even pronounce his name, but he was twenty nine. Um, and his passenger, they were killed when they, they flew their Cessna into a wheat field at midnight, yeah. which they weren't, he wasn't rated to fly at night. Yeah. So, so the, our, I would say that that is a very misleading title. The selfie did not cause the crash. The fact that he was, uh, not skilled and not rated caused the crash and any pilot that knows what they're doing wouldn't be doing that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> taking a selfie while not being rated to fly at night, I think probably caused it because they have the pictures <laughs> and they had a GoPro in the plane. So yeah, they they kind of you know they're saying it was kind of the selfies, but it it's seriously people, <laughs> seriously. If you're flying your plane when you're not supposed to be flying, ten and two, ten and two, hands on the wheel at ten and two, eyes forward, just like in driving school, and I'm sure just like in flying school. Pay attention, people. Pay attention. Now, in the final bit of aviation tech news, a mm-hmm. pilot uses the full plane parachute in a crash in the wild. This is the coolest video I've seen in a long time. I've always followed these full plane parachute uh, stories for a long time, but I've never seen video of one actually deployed in the wild. And it Mm -hmm. is so cool. Yeah, it's very fucking cool. I mean, I don't think you could use that on like a 747 or anything, but it's cool. No, yeah, yeah, you can't use it on a jet. But but these little personal planes, if the guys taking the selfie would have had one, they might still be around. That is very true. <laughs> so I definitely recommend checking out this video because it, it's it's from plane failure, parachute deploy, to landing, to rescue. Like, uh, I think it was a Coast Guard helicopter that was filming the whole thing. And it's awesome. It is one of the best videos. You know, screw your cat videos for the day. Go watch this one. <laughs> now, getting back to depressing internet news. Google, <sighs> Google, Microsoft, and Amazon are basically bribing the people that run Adblock, Adblock Plus to let their ads through. Yeah, I saw this and I got so angry. This is whatever. <laughs> this is what's wrong with the world. <laughs> hey, man, you got the money. You can do it. I'm, su- yep. I'm surprised nobody has just bought them yet and shut them down. Yeah, I'm surprised that by that too. So I, I'm I'm not happy. I'm going to have to research and see if there's something else out there now because I don't want to use them anymore because that defeats the entire purpose. Um, and it's it's just wrong. It's wrong. No, not cool. Not cool. I mean, not cool uh, at all. Yeah, I, I I'm just disappointed as a company. You know, it's like their mission is to keep crappy ads away from people. Yeah, and unless you pay us to. Let them go through. Or if they pay us. Yeah, it, it's it's just money. Stupid money. Now, yeah. here's the uh, in the Tempest in a Teapot of the week. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say this is the biggest non-story ever. Yes, U.S. Army sends out a tweet about his badass armor, but one word sets off a firestorm. Now, was there really a firestorm? I don't know. I saw the article and I thought I just I got to put it in here because it is so stupid. It, it is, is so stupid. stupid. Um, it's you know, we're talking armor. Chink in the armor is a saying. It has been a saying for a gazillion years. Six hundred years. 
Get over it, people. Yeah, so the tweet was, chinks in special ops digital and physical armor pose challenges, experts say. Mm-hmm. And with a cool picture of this guy in like, you know, some super soldier suit with his yeah. with his Oakleys on, I guess. <laughs> but still, uh, everybody, they thought it was racist and kind of just, you know, any any opportunity to troll nowadays, people will take advantage of it. It's I am, insane. I am sad that the army took down the tweet and apologized. I, they kind of, they, they kind of didn't apologize. They, they kind of stood their ground and said, yeah, yeah, that's kind of a common term. We've been using it for a very long time. It has nothing to do with Asian Americans or Asians. Yes, Get it's, over it's, it. a, it's a word. It has a meaning. It is not just a, you know, a racially <laughs> insensitive slang. It is a word, a chink. It is a word. Well, it, well, we know it's a word. It's about context. This is all about context, using the word in the proper context, which is what they did. They're like, chinks in our armor, like, you know, means yeah. that there are flaws. Uh, it's just it. internet culture. That's it's all it is. Stupid. It's ridiculous. Uh, let's talk about Katy Perry culture. Did you watch the Super Bowl? I did watch the Super Bowl. Did I, I had no idea about this left shark phenomenon. Again, that's it's an internet culture thing. I mean, it's amusing. That that is what kind of took over the entire story and, you know, it became a hashtag immediately and there were memes everywhere. And it was very funny. I, I prefer the wardrobe malfunction. Now, if Katy Perry had a wardrobe malfunction, I'm all in. You know, but, there was bets on that. You could have actually <laughs> bet that her breasts might have slipped out. Unfortunately, it did not. Oh, so, Damn it. That yeah. would have made the Super Bowl worth watching. But <laughs> now people have gone and done a 3D printable version of the quote unquote left shark. Right. And Katy Perry's lawyers are demanding that it be taken down. I'm reasonably sure that Katy Perry uh, did not uh, come up with the design and concept for the shark. Uh, who cares? It's, uh, this is a ridiculous lawsuit. It, it's completely ridiculous. And the fact that it's just instructions is that yeah. it's like it's not even a printed thing on the first site. Yes, you could order the prints that were taken, down, but it's on Thingverse now. And that's just where you download them for your 3D printer. You're not actually buying anything. They're just instructions. And we're waiting to see if the other shoe drops. <laughs> well, I mean, you and I have talked about this before. This is going to be a big issue moving forward because everybody's going to be able to do, you know, basically just print whatever they want. And it's just a set of instru- instructions. It's not the physical thing. So who has the rights and how does that all work? And it's going to be a big old mess. Now, how long till we can print Katy Perry's boobs? Security? Ha! Now, just to clarify, on the end of the last segment, there was a little ding at the end. We're not moving to a soundboard. We're not being like wacky shock jock radio DJs in the morning with our sounds. Uh, I have a Skype machine set up for when we talk to Brian, and I forgot to turn on Do Not Disturb. So I got a text, a very well-timed text from my friend Trent Hamilton, who is also the developer of the Grumpy Old Geek's iPhone app. So... Uh, thank you, Trent, for that <laughs> that perfectly timed sound effect. <laughs> it was very nice. I thought you had went out and bought some more stuff. Yeah, I went out and bought a bell. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Uh, so starting off this week, this is actually new news that came in this morning. A UK tribunal says intelligence sharing with the US was unlawful. Yeah. The, the investigatory powers tribunal ruled that Britain's GCHQ had acted unlawfully in accessing data on millions of people in Britain that had been collected by the U.S. National Security Agency because the arrangements were secret. 
Okay. That yeah. is, it's going to change nothing, but okay. It, it, well, yeah, because you know what they did about a year ago? They went back and they changed the laws and made it not secret after the Snowden stuff started to come out. Yeah. So uh, it is no longer secret. But the chances of anybody getting prosecuted over this are, uh, what what is it? Uh, no, Zed? Zero. <laughs> yeah, Zilch, whatever, whatever British is, Britishisms are for not a goddamn bit. Nil. One nil. to nil. Yes. So that's, uh, that came out today. And it was interesting because this is the first time that this tribunal has come out and said, no, no, we were actually guilty. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's yeah, really interesting. Uh, I'm, you know, again, nothing's going to change, but uh, I, I like this. <laughs> it's yeah, good. It, set, it sets the stage for future prosecution for people who go off the rails because, you know, even the Brits aren't happy with what their people were doing. Yeah, and exactly. they have a they have a better track record than we do of going after people for doing bad things, for the most part. For I'm the guessing. most part, I agree. I mean, it's no Germany, but we'll no, go it's with what, it. what is? Yeah, yeah. The, the Germans would have had this uh, this law passed, uh, you know, before six p.m. and then shut off their phones. Well, they've had this law passed, which is why they tried to kick the NSA out of their listening post after the Angela Merkel phone <laughs> uh, phone tapping came into play. But that's a story for a show we did probably a year ago. Yeah, probably. You know, we really got to think about moving. I got to say, everything that we hear about Germany is just, it's the way to go. Ausgezeichnet! Yeah, except for the large words. Anyways, uh, the hack of the week is one of the ones, I think, for the very first time that affects both of us, Jason. Yeah, exactly. This is Well, the first one hit you, the big uh, Home Depot hack hit you pretty hard because, you know, your handyman, Bob, with your ass crack hanging out under your sink. But this <laughs> one, this hit Anthem. Yes, my, which is uh, my health insurer as well. I have not gotten any notifications from them yet. I got a notification from an employer who uses Anthem, but I don't get healthcare through. <laughs> so <laughs> it was just a happenstance that I got a note from them. I've got nothing from Anthem at this point. I've been with them for three years, not a peep, uh, yeah. no email correspondence, nothing about yeah. this breach and it's a big breach and it's a the, big one yeah. uh, over 80 million of its customers and employees uh which is it's likely to be considered the largest data breach disclosed that that's an important clarification yeah disclosed, disclosed <laughs> by a healthcare company oh well so good time so we'll see I'll, I'll let you know if i hear anything but uh you know this this is just gonna keep happening oh yeah every, every week every week I, I you know there's just uh I, once we've moved everything into the cloud or into other people's online systems that's it well i mean it's just i mean it's their systems it's they yeah. didn't move it into the cloud they just had piss poor security i'm sure yeah well so. that's you know we don't get to we don't know what anybody is using for for their security for their databases we have no control over our data and we have no idea what all these companies are how they're storing it what they're doing with it Oh boy! Oh uh, yes, Let me, I, I, I might have to drop in the bite from uh, hackers right there. We've got no names, man. <laughs> <laughs> We've got no names. You know, at the, but at the end of the day, as ridiculous as as you know, we worry about this sort of stuff. There are still companies that decide to you use uh, your social security number as your ID number and put it in mail. You know, right up there, so everybody can see it, including the mailman. So we we've got more issues than this stuff going on. Yeah, social security <laughs> numbers are dead. Is any kind of secret anything because everybody can find your social security number in a matter of minutes. Yep. So mm -hmm. speaking of being found, <laughs> found very quickly, <laughs> Ross Ulbricht, the, mm -hmm. uh, the supposed leader of, well, actually the founder of the Silk Road 
right. uh, was actually convicted this week on okay. federal charges accusing him of being the mastermind and the dread pirate Roberts. All right. The jury of 12 reached its guilty verdicts on all seven counts after only, or less than four hours. What was he charged with? Everything. Wow. <laughs> three, three drug counts, uh, distributing or aiding and abetting the di- distribution of narcotics, distributing narcotics or aiding and abetting distribution over the internet and conspiracy mm-hmm. to violate narcotics laws. He was also convicted on a fourth count of conspiracy to run a continuing criminal enterprise, which involves supervising at least five other people in an organization. In addition, he was convicted on conspiracy charges for computer hacking, distributing false identification and money laundering. <laughs> Wow. He's fucked. He is fucked. <laughs> uh, you know, that it's it's an interesting precedent to set. Um, I, I'm a little torn on it. Obviously, I mean, this, this was constructed for a very specific and not legal purpose. But it's still just a distribution system. And it's just some code. Well, go back and read. <laughs> I'm putting a link in the show notes to the mm-hmm. Ars Technica uh, series on the yeah. entire Silk Road trial. Mm-hmm. And there's some good stuff in Wired. Uh, he was saying that he was framed. He was set up. Somebody put the documents on his computer. And oh, that's kind of what happened. Yeah. And they're still also saying that the guy that ran, uh, was it uh, Mount Docs, is the real guy that was, you know, everything was handed to. And he's the one that stole all the money from that. And there's a whole lot of stuff going on. I don't think this is the entire story. No. But he still created the damn thing. Yep. And he is on the hook for a lot of it. Uh and there's the whole murder issue, you know, contracting murder that you need to read the <laughs> their the transcripts of all this stuff. The the shady side was that the the judge did not let a lot of the defense witnesses testify and a lot of stuff that should have been in the defense's testimony go into the court record. Right. That's a major thing. So they're going to appeal. But right now he faces life in prison. Yeah. Yeah. Oops. Oopsies. I guess I guess I guess that dark web ain't so dark. <laughs> no, I mean, we, I think we saw that coming. I mean, as soon as, as soon as the governments of the world, and particularly our government decided to take a look into what was going on, this was going to crumble pretty fast because remember the, the government has some serious stuff at their disposal. Yes. Yes. And uh, so does California because mm-hmm. uh, Kevin uh, Bollert, Bollert, right. Uh, however the hell you pronounce his name. He yeah. was found guilty uh, for operating the Revorn, uh, <laughs> Revorn, Revorn Penge, Revorn Penge. That's what I'm going to call it from now on. <laughs> Revenge porn website. Uh, we talked about him on a couple episodes and yeah, faces up to 20 years in prison for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is, it's not nice. It's, it's, shady stuff and i think what we can learn from from the two stories that we just did is uh people that go and build shady things tend to be shady people uh the things that these guys are getting busted for aren't necessarily related to exactly what it is they did specifically it's because they're all around assholes that do a lot of bad things yeah (laughs) and the fact that okay this is it's not the wild west anymore you can't go on build something like this and then just disappear into the ether no. Nowadays, yeah. if you put it on the internet, everybody knows who you are. You're screwed. Yeah. You cannot do this kind of thing. The old days, yes, you could. You could do this. You could get away with it. Take your money, go to Belize, and live a happy life. Now you're screwed. 
Yeah. And, and you can no longer get away with the argument that I, I just built a, a system. It's not my fault how other people use it. That doesn't fly anymore. Well, that failed when Napster went down. Napster yeah. meant Napster was just, you know, they were a they were middleman for, mm-hmm. for theft and they got their ass handed to them. Everything bad started to happen when Napster was convicted. And that's what it's going to be. Then then it went to the Pirate Bay and torrent sites, you know, torrent yeah. sites don't actually host anything illegal. They host pointers to you know, pirated stuff, but they mm-hmm. are treated like criminals. Yeah. So here's the deal. Don't do stupid shit. That's it. <laughs> Honestly, you want your drugs, go buy them on the street corner from Julio or whoever the fuck's down there. And if you want to do revenge porn, make some Xeroxes and send them to your friends. I don't know, but just stay yeah. off the internet because you're not smart enough to get away with it. No, you're not. Speaking of people who aren't very smart, Adobe. <laughs> Let's go with Adobe. <laughs> Good segue. Flash Player faces its third zero-day flaw in a month. Three zero days and 16 other flaws are being patched right now. It is a bad month for Flash. You know, who would have thought that that Jobs would have been right about this? Because at, at the time when Jobs basically announced there will be no Flash on on Apple products, uh, I freaked out because I was heavily into Flash development at the time. And I was like, well, this is a great system for doing all this stuff. And now we can't use it anymore. But he was right. See, you were on the other side of the coin because I've always said that Flash was a steaming pile and I hated it and it was unusable and should have been banished from the internet long ago. But you made your money off of it, so you were on the other side of the coin. So well, I, mean, I, I was, I was happy when, to stop yeah. using it. I never really enjoyed it either. The problem was clients. Clients wanted it. I still have clients that ask me for it and I'm just like, no, we yeah. are not doing that. Flash is uh, dead. Flash is dead. I'm surprised that there's still Flash out there personally. It, it is so entrenched, you know, yeah. and it's on so many computers. Even if websites aren't doing it, that mm-hmm. plugin is on so many computers. Yeah. And people don't update. I mean, old versions of Flash are just everywhere. They're sitting there like time bombs waiting to go off. And it doesn't <laughs> take much to trigger it. So, I mean, the best thing you can do if you want to protect yourself on the Internet is turn off Flash, uninstall it, get it out of your life. You do not need it anymore. I mean, I can guarantee you can go a month without ever having to use Flash. Unless you want to watch Strong Bad. No, fixed. He's back to (laughs) HTML5. Everybody's in HTML5 now. Excellent. Yeah, even YouTube. YouTube last month, actually last week, uh, I meant to put it in the show notes last week, their default player is now HTML5. You You have to ask for Flash. That's fantastic. Yeah, talk about a move forward. Steve Jobs would be proud. I found an article on Boing Boing about uh, Kindle Unlimited, and I'm a big reader, and I love my Kindle app, so I was... I was intrigued and I went to go read it. Um, we, you know, I'm not a huge fan of, of the all you can eat bucket system for payments. We've seen how well that's working out for the music industry. It's not just in case spoiler alert there. Uh, and they're trying to do it with books now. So I, I read this article. Uh, it's very pro Kindle unlimited. Um, basically the premise of the article is if you like self-published fiction or read more than a few books a month and don't mind giving books up when you're done, Amazon's borrowing services a great deal. Well, uh, most good sci-fi that's coming out these days is self-published. It doesn't go through the big, big houses anymore. Uh, I definitely read more than a few bucks a month, but my main question is still what's best for the author. I, I seriously doubt that the all you can eat model is working any better for authors than it is for musicians. Well, here's the deal with this. 
Mm-hmm. We don't know yet where, how it's going to break out. I think this is going to be fantastic for Amazon because yeah. I've had Kindle Unlimited for three weeks now. I haven't read a single book. So I think at the end of the month, if it flips over and I pay for it because I just forget to cancel, which is more than likely what's going to happen. And it's going to happen to a lot of people. Just people, like Columbia? Yes, <laughs> it, exactly. This is the new Columbia. I'm going to have like 17 versions of REM's document sitting mm-hmm. in a drawer somewhere because for some reason I bought – I got a bunch of those from Columbia House one year, <laughs> the same <laughs> same cassette. Um, yeah. But either way – it's it's going to fall into disuse from people who are still going to keep paying for it and not realize it. And that's, you know, that's the old porn model too. It's like, okay, it's on the credit card. You forget about it, whatever. I, yeah. I don't think that it's going to be really that bad for the authors for this one, because just the, the nature of the books that they've got in the unlimited system, Yeah, but it's got to, it's got to play out, you know, and, and the authors can pull their books out. They don't have to be in there. Right. Well, so, yeah, everybody says that, but we know how these systems work, and and uh, Amazon's had this themselves a couple times where, you know, they kind of strong arm people, and you don't have to do it, but you also will not get any kind of promotion whatsoever, and blah 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 blah. Well, we haven't had the Zoe Keating moment with Kindle Unlimited, you know, where where yes. some author has said Amazon says I have to put my book in here or I won't get promotion for the paid book. Yeah. So we'll see where that comes. And, you know, a lot of best-selling authors are not in Kindle Unlimited. You know, new books aren't in there. It's just, yeah. it's, what this is, is it's trying to monetize the long tail, I think. Yeah, you know, I a think lot so of too, books which that, is, you know, it, yeah. there are books out there that once they, just like most other things, like most album releases, if you don't catch, you, you make all your sales in the first month. After that, you make next to nothing. So this is an attempt to kind of, you know, throw all these things in there. You'll discover things that that you may have passed you by the first time around, and hopefully you'll make a little bit of money. I, Again, I want to know exactly what they are paying authors for this stuff. If I if I check out a book through Kindle Unlimited, what is that author getting? And I, I, and I want to see the paperwork on that. I mean, I, I love reading too much to let that industry get destroyed as badly as the music industry did. So for now, I am not using any of these all-you-can-eat models. I am purchasing books that I like. I tell you how you can figure that out. Mm. Publish a book. Write one. All right, let's put out a Grumpy Old Geeks five-pager and see what happens. We can do that. Actually, we can do that. And we can self-publish a book, put it on Amazon, and then sign up for the unlimited system. And then Check we, it out that, ourselves. <laughs> then we will actually get the documents that say how much is there. So, you know, that's one of those things where we can do that. We can actually find that out. It's not a black box because there are, to, there are lots are of people. We are immediately filling up that free time that we just carved out for ourselves. I think it'll take an hour. I think it would literally <laughs> take an hour to figure this out. So if I get some free time this weekend, I'll, I'll jump on it. I'll, All I'll, right. We'll, we'll have the Grumpy Old Geek Compendium of Shit You Shouldn't Do. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So I did read a book this week. Uh it's called Brilliance. It's part of the Brilliance Saga by Marcus Seke. I don't know how you Sake. pronounce his last name. Uh, he's a. Uh, this is an author I'd not heard of. I found it by like I googled top you know t- top sci-fi books of 2014, and the follow-up to the Brilliance Saga was listed. Um, so obviously you have to go back and read the first one first. So I did. Uh, not bad. You know, it's 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 soft sci-fi. It's not hard sci-fi, and it does fall into the wow, the brilliant and handsome guy that works for the government who also has all these amazing abilities runs across a strangely attractive younger female who also has crazy abilities, and they're on opposite sides, but they're thrust together, and of course they fall in love. <laughs> uh, so you have to have all that in in soft sci-fi, unfortunately, and and this 
goes the same way. The conceit and the sci-fi uh, of the book is that uh, starting in 1983, one out of every 100 child children that's born has this strange ability, uh, whatever it may be. They're all over the map. They're in tears as to how powerful they are, et cetera, and how it basically derails society. That part is super, super interesting. Well-written. Uh, not bad. I'd, I'd recommend it. Oh, cool. Can I get it on Kindle Unlimited? I don't know. Okay. I'll have to yes, you can. Actually, I'm looking at the page right now. It awesome. is available under Kindle Unlimited. Then I will I will snag it since I've already paid for paid for a <laughs> buck. So hopefully he gets nine ninety nine for my Kindle Unlimited subscription for my download of the book. Well, we'll see. Maybe we'll tweet him and ask him. So I got a book this week. I got mm-hmm. uh, Neil Gaiman's new book, Trigger Warning: Short okay. Fictions and Disturbances. Mm-hmm. I got the audio version because Neil reads it and Neil is one of the best readers of his own works out there. One of the only authors that I can say should be allowed to read his own work because when <laughs> authors read their work, it is crap. It is always crap. You'd think that they would have the nuance and everything, but they're not trained voice you know, artists. Neil yeah. trained himself to become a, a great voice artist, and he also has a fucking sexy voice for a man. You know, he's got that British deep dude. You know, you listen to him talk, and it's just like wow. you just like I, I mean, I did, I, I, did I totally gate out for Neil Gaiman right there. I admit I, it because it's awesome. <laughs> I know you're a Gaiman fanboy, but you just even might have crossed the line. <laughs> I'm just saying. I love I love when he reads books. I do. I just I can't help it. He does such a good job. So mm. I'm I'm taking my time with this one. It's uh I think oh, it's a, take it slow with him, Jason. Take I it am. slow. It's like take it down. Put on some Barry White. <laughs> some <laughs> Neil Gaiman. Bump bow. Um the stories so far they're they're they range from like six minutes to an hour. Uh it's mm. a, I think because I got since I said I got the audio book, it's about twelve hours, eleven, twelve hours, I believe. Mm-hmm. Off the top of my head. So there's a lot of stories in there. And there's a new American God story in there, which I'm guessing is going to be at the end. And I can't wait to get to that one. But like I said, I'm taking it slow. The stories are B plus ish. Some are some are A, some are C. So I'm giving it B plus so far. You know, they're fun. It, it, it so far it's a good read. I'll get to the the whole thing. When I get through the whole thing, I'll give it a, a final rating. But uh yeah, I'm really digging it so far. I'm glad he put something new out. Okay. Well, <laughs> I thought you were going to take this one. Sorry, I'm still a little just disturbed at your love for Neil Gaiman. Uh, speaking of putting something new out, uh, the Harper Lee sequel to Kill a Mockingbird is coming in July. You have not been able to avoid this news anywhere because it's everywhere. Uh, I suppose it's good for the book industry. Uh, I was personally didn't care much for To Kill a Mockingbird. I understand its importance. I understand the, you know, the point of it and the timing and all of that. But uh nah. I was never a big fan. Here's the here's the most surprising thing about this story. Mm-hmm. Who thought Harper Lee was still alive? Uh, that's Nobody. a damn good point. I didn't know either. So <laughs> yeah, that was the biggest shocker. I'm like, okay, they found it in an attic, and I'm like, wait, 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 Harper Lee's still alive, <laughs> but she's completely a recluse and doesn't talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting. She's got an interesting story, but uh, you'll never hear it because she won't talk to anybody. <laughs> She's, yeah, she sits in her house and does her thing. But yeah, and uh, yeah, nothing. I mean, I always hope that somebody she would write about her own life because I think that would be interesting. I love you know, it's the same thing with a Salinger. It's like these these people that just put out this amazing work that is loved by everyone and they just go fuck off and live 
out in the middle of nowhere and talk to no one. I, I'm really intrigued by people that do that. Uh, the book itself, uh, again, like I said, not a huge fan of To Kill a Mockingbird to begin with. The interesting thing about this is actually this is the first book that she wrote. It was just lost. Uh, she submitted this to her publisher at the time, and the publisher said, you know, why don't you go back and 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 flesh out the earlier story, and that became To Kill a Mockingbird. Okay, so this is going to be worse than To Kill a Mockingbird, and I too am not a huge fan of To Kill a Mockingbird. I know it's you know it's classic that you're supposed to read in, in grade school, but I never yeah. really I didn't like it that much. I didn't like the movie that much. It's just not my cup of tea. Yeah, it's not my cup of tea. And the reality is basically this book that's coming out was the rejected first book. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's the reality, right? That is this the book reality, was rejected yeah. by the publishers, so she went and wrote a different one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. So, there, so there's a good selling point for you. I, I'm, I'm surprised their PR team isn't going with that. <laughs> Hopefully they get somebody to at least punch it up a bit, but we'll see. We'll see. Media Candy. So the BBC released a uh, BBC four released an hour long documentary on the band. Um, have you seen this yet? I have not. Um, it is on my to-do list to watch uh, on the page. Unfortunately, the video is not found on YouTube. It is either removed or marked as private. <laughs> you can watch it through the BBC player, but in the in the beginning, it was all region. Everybody could watch it, and now yeah. it's England only. Yeah. So if you're if you're that into it, I recommend anybody who wants to watch this video go to grumpyoldgeeks.com. Click on the private internet access ad on the right side in the sidebar, sign up for the service, and then you can pretend you're from England and watch the Kraftwerk video. And I will be doing that. I am a huge Kraftwerk fan. Uh, first off, they are German, and they invented electronica music, and they wrote songs about calculators, and in their personal life, they wear suits and like to ride bikes. Do they touch my monkey? Touch him. Yeah, Love him. No, I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, that is where uh, Mike Myers got the Dieter concept from. It's, it's you know, German Kraftwerky type people. Uh, great band. Absolutely great band. And I, I can't wait to watch this documentary. Cool. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try and watch it by next week. So hopefully we can review it next week. Sounds like a plan. All right. So NASA posted a huge library of space sounds that you are free to use, which I think will show up in a lot of electronic songs going forward. That's why I put it after the Kraftwerk piece. Yeah, I listened through some of these. It's really cool. Super interesting. I, I love that NASA did this. I think it's great. Um, but as much as I love it, I'm using my not free to use ill-begotten Star Trek library for most of my effects and sounds. I wonder where you got that from. <laughs> I wonder where I got that from. <laughs> So in yeah. Russian news, Spotify said uh, "net" to go to going into Russia. Uh, smart move on their part. Why bother? Uh, it's such a mess over there. Yeah, no rock for rubles right now. I guess. They're, no, they're, I mean uh, trying to get payments and and dealing with. Ugh, no way, man. I'm not surprised at all that Spotify is is staying away. And most, yeah, I think most people are trying to stay away. Uh, Google's moving engineering out. Um, it, people are <laughs> people are fleeing out of Russia. It, it just things are not good there. Yeah, Putin fucked up. He did. He dropped a Putin. <laughs> so I've been checking out some of the Amazon pilots this mm -hmm. week. I uh, the first one I watched was Cocked because it has Jason Lee in it, and it's oh. uh, and uh, the guy that played Sam in uh, what's the vampire one? True Blood. Oh, True Blood. Okay. Yeah, they play brothers in it. I liked it a lot. I give it like a four and a half star. I hope they bring it back. It's mm -hmm. it's well worth the hour watch. The second one though is the Man in the High Castle. This mm -hmm. is a Ridley Scott produced show and it's from, um, 
Oh, what's the guy's name that did uh, Blade Runner, the short story? Philip, Dick. Philip, Philip K. Dick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is based on a Philip K. Dick book. And it's about if Nazis had, in Japan had won the war. Oh, okay. I mean, I love that kind of stuff. I love the revisionist history fiction. Watch this then. If they don't make this, I am going to be so pissed because it ends on a perfect cliffhanger. And just the oh, show is so good. That's right, because Amazon is doing the basically we, you know, will produce the shows that get the most views, right? Most views and best ratings. So if you watch these, go and rate them. That is such a smart way to do it. You know, it it makes sense. I haven't watched any of the Amazon shows yet, uh, but I guess I'll be watching Man in the High Castle for sure. What's the production quality like on this stuff? Are they actually, is this like it could be on HBO or a network? Uh, Man in the High Castle definitely cocked um, is, you know, kind of a mid-range production, but they don't do any, they don't go back and fix them. These are just pilots. They just spit them out. You know, it's not really high production quality because they don't want to spend a lot of money on it. They want to move on and keep going and -hmm. figure out what's going to do. It's more about, I think, story and characters. So definitely check them out quick because I think the, the, if it hasn't closed already, sadly, uh, it's closing soon, the the voting. And okay. I, I went in rating. There's one called Downward Dog. Skip that one. It's about okay. a it's about a basically a dumbass pothead who has to start a yoga studio. Uh skip that one. It, Jesus, it, it's a that ca- just sounds like I walk outside here in Venice. It trust me, it is. You will have like PTSD if you watch that. I did. It <laughs> it's a really bad Californication ripoff. It is terrible. And, it, uh, you know, I, he has sex with like 17 girls in, in the in the pilot and all you see is man ass. I'm like, this is this is cable. This is the Internet. Where's my boobies? Give me some Katy Perry boobies, something. I just don't understand this entire universe that's created uh, on TV shows where where guys that are complete and utter bums are always getting laid. Uh, well, that's kind of, <laughs> that actually kind of mirrors reality in, in Venice Beach. But actually, that's very true. <laughs> So I have my one final thing on on uh, our media this week. Um, this is my segment called Fuck the Verge. Yes, I know I put a few Verge articles in here, but this one, it's an article called Batman and Robin is Terrible, and here's why you should watch it immediately. Forget the article, forget everything. They This is part of a segment that they run called, quote unquote, Does It Hold Up? <laughs> now, they've only been running this for a few months. Now, tell me somebody who has something very similar to this. I think uh, Kawami Opam probably is a, a listener of Does It Have Legs. That'd I think he might guess. be a fan of Does It Have Legs because Does It Hold Up is, you know, kind of like a, a poor rent version of our title. So they went they went uh, kind of uh, highbrow with their with their tagline, though. Have they gotten better like a fine wine or are we drinking cork? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Verge, suck my dick. I'm not a fan of drones, but this Millennium Falcon is the drone I've been looking for. It's in the show notes. <laughs> Some guy created, made his drone look like the Millennium Falcon and then posted a how-to kit. This, if anything, is the thing that will get me to go out and buy a damn drone. It's so awesome. I saw it last night. It is really cool. I was just like, you know, when it when they first show it, I'm like, yeah, I'm not that into it. But once it starts flying around, I'm like... Yeah. Want now. <laughs> want it's it's now. awesome. I mean, I, I gotta, I want to go build the slave one. Uh, Oba Fett, Oba Fett, where? <laughs> yeah, I can just see the, the market now. If 
if the Lucasfilm guys aren't on this and oh, building these yeah. drones, they should be on it. They're missing a gigantic market opportunity. Well, keep in mind, it's Disney now, and there's no way they are not going to be making these things. Oh, yes. So I found something. I am a huge fan of the fifth element. As I, as, I don't as, understand that, but okay. Well, you and you and my co-host doesn't have legs. I don't know what's wrong with you people, but somebody built an ID holder in the you shape of a multipass. Wrong. The fifth element was fucking love. Uh, that, the dumbest thing ever. Okay, you know, yes, it does have it does have the stupid love matrix love will conquer all ending, but the rest of the movie is amazing. Forget the last forget the last thirty seconds of it. And I can't do that with Battlestar Galactica either. Sorry. Okay, you, well. you ruin it at the end. <laughs> I just take what I can get out of it because this world is terrible. But multi pass, you can get a multi pass ID holder uh, okay. from from Etsy from Reaction Designs. It is sixty bucks, and it is on. It's made to order, so it's on back order because they got a lot of uh, press about it because it is so cool. Multi pass. Okay. Are you kidding me? Loving. So we've discussed belfies before. Uh, I found the dumbest thing in the world on Engadget this uh, this week: the belty. <laughs> what the hell is a belty? Does it it's punch you in the mouth? It's a motorized <laughs> belt that keeps you comfortable, but tries to keep you active by tightening up every now and then, depending on on who the hell knows what. This is the dumbest wearable I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> It, it, yeah, I, I saw a little bit of the video of it and it's a giant motorized belt buckle that just makes you feel fat. Yeah. So, you know, it, it puts the pressure on you. So you'll get up and walk around a little bit. And this is just, I can't believe this is in production. <sighs> well, what are you going to do? It is the fucking internet. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the tagline for our podcast. What are you going to do? It's the fucking internet. Closing shout out. My closing shout out is to all of uh, my friends and uh, connections that have reached out to me to ask if I will be doing what I typically do uh, when there are big award shows, particularly the Grammys, which is sit on my couch, get drunk and uh, post nasty comments on Facebook. Uh, I guess I'll do it again since people seem to like it. You do that every day, though. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that's your downtime. You just you sit on the couch, get drunk and post nasty comments. Why do you need an award show for it? Uh, so much more, many more targets. Context, yes. Okay, so yes. you have context for your rage. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Well, I look forward to it because they are generally fun, but I'm not going to watch the Grammys. So just, you know, throw hey, it. I, I watch it so you don't have to. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, my closing shout out is the Rad Roller. Mm -hmm. This is a little thing that I got in Tim Ferriss's quarterly box yesterday. And... Uh, it looks like a set of truck nuts that gained their freedom and went on the road. <laughs> it's, yes. It's just two little balls that are connected to each other, two rubber balls that are connected, and you use it as a massage kind of device. I used this on my feet yesterday just to try it out. Now, yeah. Do, you, you've been to Disney a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, I grew up down there, so. Yeah. Remember those little seats where you could sit down, put in a quarter, and get a foot massage? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, this is like that, but in your own home. <laughs> it is awesome. I, I like just a couple rolls on the thing, and I felt like I could stand for another 10 hours. That's it was cool. amazing. I mean, when I had a, a slip disc and I had to go, a friend of mine is a physical therapist, so I was I was seeing her for a while, and she was just like, you know, the the best thing that you can possibly have around for any kind of pain, have a couple tennis balls. And this is basically the higher tech version of the tennis ball. 
Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to take these with me whenever I travel. Because the other thing I did with them was um, I worked out my forearms. Because after typing all day, you don't realize it, but your forearms do kind of get tense. Mm-hmm. I rolled them out. And then like right before I went to bed, and oh my God, I slept like a baby last night. So did you roll around on your balls while you were listening to Neil Gaiman's deep, sexy voice? Now don't push it there. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I did not play with my blue balls because they are blue. <laughs> <laughs> While I was listening to Neil Gaiman. No. Uh, but just as a cool little uh, massage device, this thing is great. I, yeah. I I generally don't go in for that kind of thing. The thing I do like are those long foam rollers. I've got one of those. That's those probably why I won't be ordering the uh, the balls. But uh, this looks great. It looks like it would really do the job. Nice thing about these, though, you can toss them in your luggage when you travel. So if you're on the road. Very cool. Yeah, you can take th- these are your road balls. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, my last shout out is to the morning dump with Jordan Cooper at uh, dump.am. He, I'm he, trying to decide if it's you or Jordan Cooper that is trying to do more podcasts than each other. Are you guys in some sort of, you know, uh, competition? Could be, could be. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, his he 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 shuttered his Blenderhead podcast and then just does a quick 30 minute roundup of the news every morning. But he does it live, and it was the first show that I ever actually you know, tuned into live. And it was kind of fun because there's a chat room and a bunch of people in the chat room and you get to chat and make fun of Jordan and come up with show titles. It, it It's interesting. It's fun. I dug it. It'll never be for you because he does it at 9 a.m. Eastern. So. Oh yeah. That won't be happening then. Yeah. Even eight, eight in the morning. My time is a little tough. I missed it this morning. So, but it's a, it's a fun little show and he used our coupon code because he started a new show. So uh, we're going to get some cash back from Libsyn, baby. All right. Thanks Jordan. Appreciate it. So I guess I will see you next week, sir. Go, see go. Next week. I, 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 I hope you have a very fine downtime until Tuesday. I, I will not do anything Grumpy Old Geeks related until Tuesday, which is probably good because uh, I did notice that we had a few links from the Wall Street Journal, both of which went behind the paywall by the time we've done the show. So, yes, we will wait a little bit longer and uh, I will have a relaxing weekend uh, shooting on the Grammys. I will be playing with my blue balls listening to Neil Gaiman. Such an unsexy image. <laughs> Ain't it though? Ain't it though? Grumpy Old Geeks is a fan-supported show. If you'd like to help keep the lights on, you can donate at grumpyoldgeeks.com. $10 or more will get you a copy of our official soundtrack provided by the band Among Us. If you want to be a cheapskate but like the tunes, you can find Among Us on iTunes and Spotify. On social media, you can find us at facebook.com slash grumpyoldgeeks or twitter.com slash gogpodcast. We really appreciate your iTunes ratings and reviews. It helps us lure new and unsuspecting geeks who may have never heard of the show into our web of lies and deceit. Just go to grumpyoldgeeks.com slash iTunes and please leave us a few words and preferably five stars. We are hosted by Libsyn, the oldest podcasting host in the business. The UI sucks, but you won't find a better deal or a nicer group of people. And in almost two years with Libsyn, we haven't gone down even once. Use the coupon code GOG while signing up and receive up to two months free. Show notes for this episode can be found at grumpyoldgeeks.com slash 95. Gaiman's Blue Balls. Bob's your uncle. Tonight we drink! Ha <laughs> ha!